lecture four part three of christian patience by william bernard ullathorne this librivox recording is in the public domain lecture four on christian fortitude part three we may dwell on the sufferings of the martyrs until we almost fancy ourselves in their place but unless we imitate their fortitude by dying to ourselves this is an idle delusion even to honour the martyrs without imitating them as st augustine says is but a false adulation our kind of martyrdom is marked out for us by st paul and demands that we ourselves be the executioners if he says by the spirit we put to death the deeds of the flesh we shall live romans chapter eight verse thirteen the life of man on earth is a warfare says holy job the life of the true christian is a daily cross and martyrdom to deny oneself to combat the corrupt propensities of our nature to keep the desire of eternity well advanced before the things of time and to endure whatever may come upon us demands a patience a fortitude and the perseverance like the force that carried the martyrs through their sufferings yet let no one think that this daily fortitude is hard stern and pitiless like the boasted virtue of the stoics there are critical moments when fortitude demands that we become stern and severe with ourselves but never with others unless to check some great evil but where this virtue is habitual and in good exercise it is gentle free and cheerful as it is the gift of the holy ghost and works with the sweet flame of charity it sweetens the soul and by its resistance to the vices that produce fear hardness and disconsolation true christian fortitude makes the soul peaceful pleasant and cheerful this view of the subject has been well expressed by the learned and devout gerson the gift of fortitude he observes is different from the virtue although both regard what is arduous and difficult as a virtue fortitude withstands or endures perils such as we must suffer if we would not part with good with the good for example of holding to the faith of pursuing justice or of doing good to others but as a gift of the holy ghost fortitude is a gratuitous and abounding grace given to those who seek perfection of life through the divine counsels it may be defined as an affection of the soul that restrains concupiscence and the fears arising from adversity those who are in the charity of god have it in habit but those who are perfect have it in action but those who have this gift more in habit than in action and are therefore imperfect have the power of becoming perfect if they will only bring out the habit into actual work and complete exercise some persons are stronger by nature than others and some have larger and freer powers some again are by constitution more temperate and by the soundness of their frame have their irascible and sensual passions under greater control this firmer constitution of nature may be of great advantage to the christian virtues 
but if pride takes the place of humility and sensuality that of temperance this very strength of constitution will contribute its energy to the ruin of soul and body but as christian fortitude is a gift of god and not a quality of nature when brought from habit into exercise it will do the bravest and most valiant deeds even in the weakest natures witness those virgin martyrs of tender years and delicate bringing up who for the love of god did the noblest acts and underwent the greatest sufferings devoid of all disturbing fear witness again those heroic servants of god who amidst corporal infirmities that would lay common mortals on their beds as permanent invalids have expended the energies of a dozen ordinary mortals in laborious and unceasing acts of charity to their neighbours it is the contrast between conscious weakness and the divine power working through that weakness that gives to christian fortitude its splendour and sublimity st paul has expressed this conscious power in conscious weakness with magnificent generosity and he said to me my grace is sufficient for thee for power is made perfect in infirmity gladly therefore will i glory in my infirmities that the power of christ may dwell in me for which cause i please myself in my infirmities in reproaches in necessities in persecutions in distresses for christ for when i am weak then i am powerful two corinthians chapter twelve verses nine and ten of his daily necessities and trials the great apostle speaks in the same language of fortitude i speak not for want for i have learnt in whatever state i am to be contented therewith i know both how to be brought low and i know how to abound everywhere and in all things i am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need i can do all things in him that strengtheneth me philippians chapter four verses eleven through thirteen in his book on the duties of the ministers of the church st ambrose treats professedly on the virtue of fortitude he calls it the firm and energetic force of virtue which is higher than the other virtues because it commands and invigorates them with justice is this virtue called fortitude because it is through its help that man governs himself keeps down anger and refuses to let himself be relaxed or softened by the allurements of the world around him what can be higher what more magnificent than for a man to rule his body from the elevation of his mind and to bring it under servitude to insist that it shall obey his will and work with diligence in the way that his resolute will shall determine of the two kinds of fortitude the first looks upon the things of the body as the least and as if they were superfluous and as rather deserving to be despised than thought much of the second kind follows the supreme good of the soul and whatever makes the soul herself good and beautiful all this it follows with affectionate attention 
what can be so exalting as to form the soul to an elevating energy that looks on the things of this world as neither great in themselves nor deserving to be constantly pursued if you have this much judgment in your soul you will of necessity prefer what makes the soul herself good and beautiful and will give your mind and affections to that good but whatever befalls you let it not upset or disturb your mind be not like those who let any loss of this world's goods any lowering of their honour or respect any gainsaying of their adversaries bring them down from their superiority over such things finally let no peril to health or life that ought to be encountered for justice sake ever move you this fortitude belongs to those whom christ sets in the field and who after lawful striving shall be crowned what think you of this law does it seem weak for your guidance in the combat tribulation worketh patience and patience trial and trial hope and hope confoundeth not because the charity of god is poured forth in our hearts by the holy ghost who is given to us the most eminent spiritual writers lay it down as a principle that fortitude is the moral foundation of contemplation a little consideration will make this evident what is contemplation but the resting of the mind and heart upon god as their supreme object and as the highest object of all desire for in contemplation the mind passes not from object to object not from reason to reason by an ascent from inferior to superior things as in meditation but rests with fixed attention and wonder upon god himself and devotes the affections to him but this implies great steadfastness of mind and constancy of heart and such a fortitude of love as cannot easily be diverted from this divine exercise either by dissipation of mind or by sadness of heart the contemplative psalmist therefore says to god thou art my fortitude and i will keep my fortitude to thee but this can be nothing but that fortitude of love that adheres to god with constancy and endures all things rather than suffer the least separation of the superior mind and the heart from god it is a very great thing to have the mind habitually placed in the light of this truth that the soul has but one supreme object one supreme good that all other things are only so far good as they lead us to that supreme good that we are only blessed in that degree in which we partake of that good and that the steadfast contemplation of our sovereign good sustained by the fortitude of love is the nearest approach that we can make in this life to the living fountain of all good for the fortitude of love both loves and endures loves on the side of god endures on the side of the creature which is the perfection of charity this strong and ardent virtue may be likened to the furnace that purifies gold to the root in the fostering soil that upholds and invigorates the tree 
to the armour that protects life from hostile weapons and to the strong pinions upon which the eagle soars into the light of the sun as the furnace refines the gold fortitude purges away the drossy encumbrances upon our spiritual nature and makes it beautiful in strength as the proverb says strength and beauty are her clothing the wind breathes into the furnace to enkindle its ardour the holy spirit breathes fortitude into the flame of charity in token of which that divine spirit came visibly upon the apostles in a mighty wind with tongues of fire the root sustains and invigorates the tree through its stem branches leaves and fruit fortitude sustains and invigorates the soul in all her powers virtues works and sufferings the lord said to joshua before he entered the promised land take courage and be very valiant that thou mayest observe and do all the law which moses my servant hath commanded thee turn not from it to the right hand or the left that thou mayest understand all things which thou dost joshua chapter one verse seven the breastplate protects the heart from hostile weapons fortitude protects the soul from the temptations of every spiritual and carnal enemy the whole world cannot injure a soul that is fenced with faithful fortitude armed with this defence the most delicate virgins such as catherine agnes cecilia agatha and lucy were able to overcome the rage of tyrants and every invention of fear and cruelty but the wonder grows less when we reflect that strength comes from heaven the eagle soars on his strong pinions against the sun fortitude sustains the wings of the contemplative soul and upholds her flight into the regions of light from which the sun of justice shines upon her we may consider the ascending degrees of fortitude after the manner of st bonaventure if we view the virtue as it raises us above the things of this world it is a high degree of fortitude to conquer the world's allurements and look down upon its transient delights it is a higher degree to conquer the body and keep down its concupiscences it is the highest degree to conquer oneself in the soul and to change self-love into the love of god if we consider the virtue as it resists evil it is a high degree of fortitude to resist and repel the sins of the body such as intemperance sensuality and uncleanness it is a higher degree to resist and repel the sins of the soul such as self-love pride vanity and insincerity it is the highest degree to resist and repel the first movements and occasions of sin whether in body or in soul if we consider the virtue as it endures adversities privations or sorrows with peace and resignation it is a high degree to endure with contentment the loss of such things as this world can give us it is a higher degree to endure our personal sufferings and sorrows with a patient and peaceful heart it is the highest degree to give up our mortal life for god's sake whensoever he may call for it 
if we consider this same gift and virtue of fortitude as it carries us with cheerful content through the labours of our vocation it is a high degree to do our work in this world with a view to our salvation it is a higher degree to do our work in the right way that is according to the will of god it is the highest degree to labour in the interior of the soul so as to perfect our union with god in time and for eternity to sum up the whole doctrine of fortitude in a sentence it is the strength of god's grace working through the cooperation of the will in the weakness of the creature and the fortitude of resignation as the word implies is the surrender of oneself to god amidst accepted afflictions that attached to the cross of christ they may perfect our soul this is the summit of fortitude a comprehensive view of fortitude as the virtue of the virtues will take us deep into the designs of god far and wide over the history of mankind and high into the heavens above it is the eternal plan of god to draw the greatest possible amount of good out of the evil produced by evil wills and to demonstrate his power in the weakness of his creatures where their wills are good these two magnificent demonstrations of his power and goodness are effected by the strength of his grace in the souls that freely and generously cooperate with his gifts but this involves the conflict of good with evil a conflict that goes on increasing in intensity owing to the growth and complication of evil as the world grows older contemplate the history of the world from the opening of the book of genesis to the last prophecies recorded in the book of revelations and you will see how the combat of good against evil goes on complicating and extending at one time in violence at another time in subtleties until the time our lord predicted when you will scarcely find faith upon the earth hence as evil increases fortitude and patience become still more needful to the servants of god the rewards of those who overcome in the conflict are set before us for our encouragement in the same book of revelations in which those combats are described and st john sums up the whole spirit of the conflict in these words here is the patience of the saints who keep the commandments of god and the faith of jesus apocalypse chapter fourteen verse twelve when the conflict with evil is ended when that evil has been compelled to serve for the probation and sanctification of god's elect when all the good that can be drawn out of evil has been accumulated in the souls of the just then will come that glorious manifestation of god's wisdom and power before the assembled universe of created intelligences and the wonders of his grace and providence will be seen from beginning to end but the most wonderful demonstration of god's love and power will appear in this that the active violent subtle combined and most aggressive powers of evil have been all overcome by such gentle virtues as charity humility and patience of all material elements 
fire is the most powerful and the noblest by its subtle force all things live grow and are preserved it illuminates invigorates and fertilizes the powers of nature into what it enters that it expands and to many things it gives strength and consistency from the granite bones of the earth to the vessel of clay from the potter's wheel it has not only the noble property of ascending as in flame but also the benignant property of descending as in the rays of the sun having dominion over the weaker elements it consumes without destroying them and converts them into more ethereal forms of existence fire was therefore the most expressive element in which to manifest to mortal eyes the invisible descent of the holy spirit upon the disciples of christ expressive of the light of wisdom the ardour of charity and the strengthening and transforming power of fortitude when the holy spirit conveys his gifts to a soul he infuses the strength of fortitude into the ardour of charity and this fortitude ignited by this charity passes into our spiritual powers and if our will is faithful to cooperate with the divine gift from our powers it passes into the virtues making the soul strong from weakness and pliant to endure trials and to resist the evils of this mortal life then fortitude gives steadiness and strength to that bright flame of charity which aspires to god and to the service of god in his creatures and gives honour and glory to our glorious lord and creator what is weak or vicious in the creature is consumed in that strong fire that it may be changed into spiritual good in descending that celestial flame consumes what ought to be consumed and strengthens what ought to be strengthened and that gift which descended as a flame of grace reascends as a flame of love bearing up the soul along with it into a closer more constant and more elevated communion with god from whom the fortitude of charity descends end of lecture four part three